This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about all things COVID pandemic related and the importance of keeping your pet healthy. I'm really excited. We have Dr. Lisa Lipman on board, and we'll be talking to her today. She is New York City's premier veterinarian, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. As a veterinarian, I want you to keep your dog as healthy and happy as possible. Well, you may have read a lot about bone broth's benefits for dogs, but if you're like me, you're too busy to cook bones for hours. So why not check out Rockwell Pets Pro Natural Dog Bone Broth? It comes in the convenience of a dry product, and you just sprinkle the powder on top of your dog's regular meal. It helps relieve arthritis pain with its anti-inflammatory turmeric and boosts appetite, even for finicky eaters. Plus, it's fast and easy, and you don't have to boil any bones. It's vet approved, made in the U.S., and comes with a money-back guarantee. For more information, check out RockwellPetsPro.com. That's RockwellPetsPro.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Lisa Lipman, who is New York City's premier veterinarian. Dr. Lipman, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Just so our audience knows who you are, because they can't see you. Do you mind yeah. just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you train, and what you do? Sure. Well, let's see. Okay. I'm from New Jersey originally. If you can make an original joke about it, I'll be very impressed. I did vet school then in California at Western University of Health Sciences because I figured everyone's got to live in California once in their lives. I did my internship at Blue Pearl, so 100-hour work weeks and all those ologies, um, then did emergency veterinary medicine for about two years, general practice for two years, started a house call practice, uh, was part of a startup house call practice, and am currently doing telehealth. And also in the time of doing my house call practice, I had a patient go very viral. His name is Samson. He's known as Catstradamus. He was the largest cat in New York, but we just grew like crazy together. So Instagram is also a big part of, of what I do, just helping to educate pet parents and telehealth right now. So it's an interesting veterinary life here. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, telehealth or being able to give advice via the phone or via, you know, a conference call is so important, especially during COVID. And over the past year, year and a half, I think we all know veterinary medicine has been super busy. And the main reason why is because everyone was working from home. And I think what we realized is we got a lot of mental health and companionship and quality time with our pets. And we also know that a lot of people adopted pets or fostered pets during COVID because now they were home all the time. So a lot of silver linings actually came out of COVID shutdown in that 
pet parents for the first time were able to adopt more pets or spend more time, which is so important. Now, as COVID-19 comes to an end, hopefully, we're seeing some of these restrictions lift across the United States where pet parents are going back to work. And one of the biggest things that we worry about is whether or not pets are going to be anxious from us returning back to normal life. Do you mind just telling me a little bit about what problems we're anticipating and how pet parents can potentially re-socialize their pets? Yeah. So I mean, what's really interesting is Merck Animal Health released this study called the Bravo Buddy Study, and they found that pet parents are having all kinds of concerns about, you know, re-socialization, just like you mentioned, leaving their pets at home, separation anxiety. We found that about two-thirds of pet parents felt that they were concerned that their pets would feel abandoned, sad, lonely. And conversely, we found that two-thirds of pet parents actually had their own issues feeling like this. So they would they have their own separation anxiety. But what's really interesting is that they really are doing very little to prepare for this. So like, for example, only about 26% of them said that they were seeking out any resources to help them with this. And only about 17% of them said that they had actually lined up any kind of like daycare or dog walker, things like that. And then, you know, more to your question, as far as the resocialization goes, you know, when you've had dogs that are home, right, and haven't socialized for a long time, this could be very different for them. So my, my main pointer here would really to be patient, um, to make sure that all of your dog's interactions are positive interactions. So you don't want to just go release them into a dog park. Playing one-on-one with a dog that you know will get along with your other dog is a really great way to do that. And, you know, also, I always encourage using ADPDT certified trainers. So using a trainer to help you re-socialize and reintroduce if you, if you need to. So, all right. You brought up some great acronyms. What exactly does that stand for? And like, why should I care as a pet owner? So yeah, that is the American Dog Trainer Association basically means that they have training and accreditation to make sure that they're using methods that usually veterinarians approve of to help train dogs. Uh, And it just means they, you know, they care, they have those credentials behind their belt. And those are the trainers that I will be recommending my clients to. Wonderful. Great info. So I will say my general philosophy with dog ownership is please don't get a dog unless you can commit to at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. So that's at least two 15 minute walks or some type of exercise. And I'm a firm believer in two levels of puppy obedience, regardless of how old your puppy is. And again, all dogs are trainable, but so important for socialization, so important for environmental enrichment. And please know that veterinarians really only recommend positive reinforcement training. So no types of punishment. I'm a firm believer in using a a gentle leader or a halty to help with training, a no choke collars, no pinch collars, things like that. So you really want to check with your veterinarian to make sure that you're using an appropriate dog trainer and dog trainer, such a vital part of keeping your dog a well-trained. And I promise you it's worth the investment to get your dog trained Because what we discover is that it improves everyone's quality of life and really simulates your dog's brain. All right, so great information. We know pet parents are worried about leaving their pets for long periods of time. We know that pet parents are worried about separation anxiety. All right, so we've done the training. What if we've done the training and what if we've tried to desensitize our dog as we prepare to leave? Do you have any tips on that and anything to do when it comes to working with your veterinarian on separation anxiety? 
Oh, so much to do. And that's the thing, right? There's there's so much to do. Just like you said, besides working with a trainer, working with your veterinarian, I would say so I partner with Merck Animal Health to create a pet parent guide, which gives them tips to reintroducing pets to the world, right? So we talk about resocialization and separation anxiety and all of that. And working with your veterinarian is just one of those tips. And the way that I recommend people do that is to, you know, have an appointment, discuss the issues that are at hand. Sometimes veterinarians will prescribe supplements. Sometimes they will prescribe certain drugs. We're using things like Prozac, clomipramine, you know, trazodone, things like that. And sometimes we even take it a step further. And I will tell my patients also, you know, look, if you want to do absolutely everything, there are board certified veterinary behaviorists, meaning these are veterinarians who only practice behavior. They have specialized training in behavior. And so there's so much to do. Um, So I think people, it's really important that they don't lose hope and they stay optimistic because like you said, quality of life is everything. So quality of life for them and the pet parent, that investment is so, so, so worth it. And the best way to tell if it's a veterinary board certified behaviorist is by looking for those extra letters behind their name. So in addition to having a doctor of veterinary medicine, they'll have a D, which stands for a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Behavior. So a DACVB. And a lot of DACVB behaviors will work directly with a trainer. So they want you to work with an animal trainer first. Some of those behavioral problems, if they're minor, can definitely be done without a veterinarian, with a trainer. Uh, But some of them, again, when they're more significant, uh, definitely need medical attention, definitely need a board certified specialist to help with that. So uh, when in doubt, please always talk to your veterinarian. And I always say there's never any shame in asking for medication. So there shouldn't be any stigma. Some dogs have such severe separation anxiety, even cats. They may show urinating outside of the litter box or other medical related problems from separation anxiety. So when in doubt, again, please check with your veterinarian. So important. Yeah. I always tell people it's kind of like working with a, like a psychiatrist, if you are on medications and a therapist, right? So the board certified behaviorist will help point you in a direction, rule out anything medical, talk about certain medications, and the trainer will help you implement those. So kind of like (laughs) just relating it back to what terms people can understand. Now, during the pandemic, I know that you had already mentioned, I do actually think dogs were getting walked more. And that, in fact, that I saw neighbors that I didn't even know have dogs, you know, taking loops around the neighborhood three, four times a day just to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. I think that dogs were spending less time at dog parks because of that potential interaction. What do we need to know about that? You had already briefly mentioned introducing dogs to more activity with other pets. Any tips on that area? Yeah. So I think before you're going to go out and re-socialize your dog, a tired dog is a happy dog. So just like you mentioned, if you can get them exercise during the day, you know, at least that 30 minutes, that's a great way to make sure that your dog is nice and calm before you start reintroducing them to dogs again, that you know, they will only have a positive experience with. We don't need to, you know, teach dogs and, you know, dogs don't need to learn a lesson or anything else like that. All of their experiences really need to be positive. So it's going to be slow and steady wins the race, you know, seeing how your dog does with confident, happy, healthy dogs that they can interact with. And then working up to things like 
and also obedience classes as well. So certain courses are really great to take and then working up your way. You know, if you, if you want to test the dog park, which for me is always a testing kind of questionable situation. I always just kind of assess, you know, if we go to the dog park, I just assess what's happening there, you know, making sure I know how to read dogs body language before we go in and making sure everything will be positive. Great information, Dr. Lipman. We'll be right back with Dr. Lisa Lipman right after these important messages. So come on back. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I've been speaking with Dr. Lisa Lippman about what we need to know as pet owners as COVID-19 comes to an end and we reintroduce our pets to us going back to work or to other dogs in the dog park. I also wanted to talk about some key important questions. I know this study that was done by Merck Animal Health found that approximately 30% of pet parents were worried because they weren't going back to the vet or they were worried about forgetting things like flea and tick preventative. Nearly 25% of dog owners and 20% of cat owners said they have spent less time taking their pet to the veterinarian. And I know life has been crazy during COVID and during the pandemic pandemonium. So we've all been trying to prioritize our own health and our own safety. But so important that we make sure that our pets are getting appropriate preventative care. Now, I will say a lot of veterinarians during COVID were actually practicing curbside, which meant due to safety, everyone was masked and no pet owners were allowed to go into the vet clinic. And I know that's just starting to come to an end, hopefully, depending on where you live. So just be cognizant. Please be patient with your veterinary staff. A lot of them are still curbside or drop off. What do pet parents need to know when it comes to taking their pet to the veterinarian in terms of why? Like in the middle of the pandemic coming to an end, what do we need to know about with when it comes to preventative health? Yeah, so preventative health is so important. And I'm afraid that that's been skipped on this year. You know, I think I always say I think ticks are going to take over the world. They carry more and more disease every year. They're really hard to kill. And I know I'm finding the same thing as I resume sort of this 
new post-pandemic life, we're busier than ever. And so it's going to be really important to help pet parents take things off of their plate. So for example, I recommend using a product like Brevecto, which is a 12-week flea and tick prevention as opposed to one that lasts for four weeks. So you don't have to remember every month to give this preventative. They can also use new technologies like the Falaqua Connect or Shore Pet Feeders, which are work with radio frequency CID to track how much your pet is eating and drinking and just gives you a really good idea of when it's time to get to the vet. Sometimes if you're so busy, you need that sort of, you know, impetus to go. But if you can watch your pet's behaviors and you can have trackable monitors that monitor their health, then it's just one more indication that it's really time to go. So anything we can do to make it easier on pet parents, I'm, I'm all for it and me as a pet parent. (laughs) Wonderful information. Now, you guys have always heard me on ER Vet. My passion is always keeping your pet healthy. And hopefully with these tips, you can keep your dog and cat out of the emergency room. And one of the easiest ways is honestly preventative care. It's not veterinarians just trying to upsell you anything. And I know that's hard to believe, but my philosophy as a vet is to practice the same way for all of my pet owners as I do for my own pets. I can guarantee you, All veterinarians have their own dogs and cats on heartworm and flea and tick preventative. They make sure that their pets have gone through the whole puppy series, the whole kit and vaccine series, and then a physical exam and vaccination every single year until they're about three to four years of age. They still recommend the annual exam every single year. And then discussing with your veterinarian, bumping the vaccine to every third year. That still means you need to go to the vet every single year. I have it on my own Google Calendar to-do list to make sure I do a physical exam on my own dog and cat every single year. I live in an area in Minnesota at the head of the Mississippi River where I see a ton of leptospirosis. And we've talked about that on a previous episode of ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. And so I always have it on my Google Calendar every April to make sure my dog is vaccinated for lepto. So it's not just a quote upsell when it comes to preventative care. It is so important to keep your pet healthy. Um, So again, when in doubt, please make sure to keep your dog and cat up to date on their vaccines or up to date on their physical exam. Uh, With that, Dr. Lisa, any last tips you want to leave with us? You know, I would say we can talk a little bit about the survey that we're doing, which is great. You know, as we're talking about post-pandemic life again and making sure that pet parents get the care that they need. Merck Animal Health does have a, a sweepstakes where all people need to do is post a picture of their pet on Instagram, use the hashtag Bravo Buddy Sweepstakes, and they can be entered to win 12 weeks of pet care, which are prizes worth $2,500, which is really an incredible and incredible gift. So they can put that towards the training. They can put that towards their preventative care that we talked about. It's really a phenomenal thing. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Again, so important that we keep our dogs and cats healthy and uh, love what you're doing to help increase awareness of keeping our pets safe as the pandemic hopefully comes to an end. Well, just wanted to thank all of you as pet owners for being able to survive COVID and for keeping your dog and cat and all your other pets, all your other furry family members safe. That brings me to the end of today's show. Just wanted to give a huge shout out. Thank you, Dr. Lisa Lippman for joining us today and appreciate all that you're doing also. Now you can find me on drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. 
With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank our guests, Dr. Lisa Lipman and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.